Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Good. Yeah, good. It's, it, you know, it's, I, I kind of like listen, like think back to a few, like about a month ago when we did the Wicked City and uh, <laughs> the other one that is, escapes my mind right now. I guess I've purged it already. Um, and yeah. It feels like you know every now and then um, we have like horror movie penance, <laughs> and uh, these two—that's uh, is part of it. It's not as bad, but it's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was uh, Wicked City and The Wolf House. Which... Oh right, yes. <laughs> Wolf House is one of those movies you watch once you're done. You don't ever yeah. rewatch it. And Wicked yeah. City, you watch it once, and then you're like. I should rewatch that because I'm not sure I actually watched the right thing. Um, Yeah, that's totally why you're rewatching it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, I could say that this week we have less sexually suggestive movies, but really, I don't know if Nightmare 2 is any better or worse than Wicked City in terms of sexual innuendo and... uh, (laughs) Intentional or unintentional, no matter what the what Bob Shea and the rest of the the producers that put this together make you want, they want you to believe. Oh yeah, the screenwriter for Nightmare on Elm Street two like feverishly defends the fact that he says that the movie was not written to be homoerotic. But I mean, you watch this movie, and I mean, it's so all over the place, like. I, I get it. You don't want to limit your audience or say something that's going to like pin your movie in a way. But at this point, it's so obvious that he's he's dogged it for years. I think in recent years, he's kind of like just finally come out and confessed that yes, he did. But uh, yeah, they were in Elm Street too. This is a double feature of Black Sheep sequels. I guess we could probably say that's probably the best way to describe both these movies. It's just sequels that probably. Most studios, I think, would love to brush them under the rug. And in particular, uh, with these two, it's really hard to find them. Nightmare 2, I mean, I have a Nightmare on Elm Street box set, so I was able to watch it on there. But, like, The Fly 2 was really hard to find. You can tell the studio is not interested in doing any kind of re-release or anything or putting it on streaming anywhere, uh, which is odd because it's owned by Fox that put... Mm-hmm. The Fly on Disney Plus. So you would think if they can put The Fly on Disney Plus, The Fly 2 would be a pretty obvious addition as well. But I guess there's a little bit of shame in this movie. Or um, in um, The Fly 2, which we're talking about in the next episode. But uh, yeah, what is uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 Freddy's Revenge all about? Well, Freddy Krueger appears in People's Nightmares. When the Walshes move into the neighborhood, Freddy attempts to possess Jesse Walsh's mind and turn his help or takes his help to continue his murderous spree. Yeah, there's a little bit of like body horror-ish, mm-hmm. which I guess you could also probably say is like a bit of a through line with these two movies. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with this, it's like not really as in depth or it's thought out as the fly too, but uh, yeah, get a little bit of body possession horror and. Uh, exploding birds and i would say the the effects especially like the body horror effects and the and the stuff between um you know uh uh, jesse and and kind of being possessed and turning into freddy i mean works like there's a lot of cool effects to this movie that that are, are are kind of being genius but the everything else is a fucking mess this movie is wildly erratic Mm-hmm. Like it, 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 it has, it, it just does whatever the fuck it wants. Like even that, that opening sequence is like, what the fuck is going on here? 
um Jesse's roped two random girls into his his nightmare and stuff like like it, it none of it is established and you're all you're all you're already supposed to be like on board with everything how it's happening the rules of Freddy are completely different now um I don't know it's just fucking weird like nobody actually dies in their dream in this movie no like it's like Freddy's going through some sort of midlife crisis he needs yeah. to reinvent himself so he's he's trying out something different you know he's mm-hmm. gonna try possession for a little bit instead of I don't know the easy thing that's killing people in their nightmares instead of coming into the real world where you are very vulnerable Freddy Krueger yeah mm-hmm. and, and and it reeks of of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks and honestly nothing sticks um because it's all just so ridiculous and then i mean yeah down to the 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 homoerotic nature of pretty much everything in this film i mean to the point where he's when he's trying to get it on with the the girl of his dreams or whatever freddie gets in the way and then he immediately goes to guaranteed the guy that he has the fucking crush on Hmm. who's in bed looking like uh like (laughs) like it's like it's an obvious gay fantasy and then kills that dude yeah i think his friend even has some sort of line like you you have some girl waiting for you and you want to sleep in here with me or maybe the line even is you want to sleep with me i think yeah it's not that far off from that if if not that exactly and what i noticed on the rewatch too and this is probably the most problematic for me is you know they kind of tease i think they are yeah teasing that jesse might be gay but then at the end the woman saves him and he's all of a sudden not gay the, and i'm like yeah. that is fucking problematic like it's, jesus christ it's it feels like a huge swerve retcon of like i like no, no no he's not gay you thought he was gay you're stupid he's not gay there's no way he's gay yeah <laughs> it's like it's, wow it's like oh well if, if all if everyone who is gay just realized that all they need is the right woman to save them well we wouldn't be in this uh, mess it's like oh. uh it's it's like a reprogramming thing right yeah well, and and don't forget the the openly potentially gay character. I think he was openly gay. At least the coach was a predator. Like the yeah. the movie makes it clear that, or at least makes some sort of insinuation that, like, I don't know if it's related or not. But like, he's very clearly a predator in this movie. I was not sad when he died, even though his death scene was weird as fuck. It's still um, weird. So yeah, this movie makes a lot of problematic insinuations, in my opinion. <laughs> and. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, I, I mean, he coached, though, uh, as far as our show goes here, joins the Hall of Fame of uh, leather tank tops with uh, Mr. Michael Ironside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That whole scene, I was convinced that he was dreaming during that because I was like, first of all, he's going to a random gay bar. Like, I get that there's a subtext here, but in terms of the movie, he goes to a random gay bar his teacher finds him and brings him to school, like an empty school after hours to run laps. Like it, I was convinced he was in a dream at this point, but no, apparently that's actually what happens in the movie. Like it's a weird as fuck to me that any of that would happen, uh, which is equally as strange to me that people seem to somehow deny that there's any subtext in this movie when there's a whole scene of the kid going to a gay bar and getting picked up by his gym teacher like it's so obvious i can't believe that people still deny that there is any subjects anyways that was my little rant yeah it's there's a lot problematic with this movie and and i i think really when you boil down to it david chaskin who's the writer of this movie a had no idea what Freddie was all about and B didn't know anything about what, um, you know, like, uh, LGBTQ, uh, queer kind of community, like what that was all about too. So you get this movie that just doesn't understand anything that it's trying to talk about. And it just comes across as completely confusing. Even for me, like, uh, Jesse's got his friend or whatever the, the one that, you know, is like, you want to share a bed with me? But, like, they're, they're supposed to be friends, but, like, the first time you meet them, they start fighting on the baseball field, and I'm like, wait, what? And then in the next scene, they're having pizza, and I'm like, I, I, you know, <laughs> I don't understand, like, what what is, what the hell's going on? Pools uh, to each other all throughout the movie, like, just making snide comments and arguing, like, all the time, basically. Yeah. And his dad hates him. <laughs> yeah. 
Spoilers oh for who best performance in this entire movie, but it's just Clue Gulger, who's like, who just is like the worst dad, but also kind yep. of the best dad at the same time. Like, uh, I love this Clue Gulager too. Oh yeah, he was great. And he always had some sort of like, didn't he have like a band aid or some sort of like thing on his face throughout the whole movie? Or his, maybe that was just part of it. But his cheek looked fake in that scene too. <laughs> He had like a prosthetic cheek. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, first time uh, watching this was, I'm guessing probably, uh, well, Steve, I'm guessing you've probably seen this as yeah. a movie before. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen it a few times. But yeah, my first watch through was uh, my original playthrough of all the uh, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And it's, it's, uh, it's so funny because I, because... Uh, I mean, Nightmare is such an iconic film, and and you can kind of feel that mm-hmm. when you're watching it. Uh, I mean, uh, of course, a, a lot of cooler stuff wouldn't be fleshed out till some of the other sequels. Yeah. Um. But uh, I mean, what Craven established was so cool and so original, and then two is like, it's such a weird departure. It is the, just the strangest departure where, like I said, they 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 don't value any of the rules that they that Craven established and everything. You can t- you can see why that that Wes Craven wanted to distance himself, distance himself from it, and it's really just Bob Shea being really fucking greedy. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I want to give Bob Shea some credit. I mean, I think for the whole franchise, he's tried to like keep it relevant for the most part i don't think he's perfect but like yeah, i don't know i i think it's interesting just how tone deaf everyone is about this movie and even to this day there's a lot of them still deny that this movie has this homoerotic subtext and it's like which i don't know how you can yeah it's it, the subtext is 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 not sub at all it's just screaming to you <laughs> yeah like it's... the wording of people's lines, like everything. I mean, the the fucking like we've already talked about it, the basketball coach death scene. Like, mm-hmm. how can it not be? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And like, I I don't understand. I I really need to get behind the the the, the, the casting, um the 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 casting behind behind Jesse because it's so. Like I, I don't know, and he he literally he is, uh, for lack of a better term, he is a scream queen in this one because God he screams so much in this movie. He really does so yeah. much screaming from him. The only Nightmare on Elm Street that has a male lead too, right? All the yep. other ones are female. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which and also I think I read something that they didn't even hire. Um, oh, I don't remember if he, it's just pronounced England, Robert England as uh, Freddy Krueger. They didn't even hire him initially as Freddy Krueger. They hired someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when someone else couldn't do the job as well, they're like, oh, okay, I guess we'll get the original guy. Which is like, how can you even make that bad of a call? Like, Freddy Krueger is the act, like the actor, I think with all of these kind of monster creatures, Michael Myers and Jason and all that stuff, the actor who portrays them is important to the portrayal of the character itself. Like, you can't just swap someone out and and have it be the same monster, you know? And when I read that, I was like, well, no wonder everything else went haywire with this movie. They had no idea really what they were doing. Yeah. I guess, too, like, I, I, like, I guess, like, Friday the 13th, I have always thought, like, yeah, you can replace it. It's just the guy behind the mask. But I think for Friday, it's like, yeah, it's, it's pretty. Well, he made the character. Yeah, like, there's a certain, like... I don't know. There's a look and there's a how he plays him. I mean, yeah, with like Friday the 13th, I think there are different Jason actors that like do different kind of motions and stuff. But yeah, I mm-hmm. think it's a little more like you can get away with it a bit more or even like a pinhead. You can't really replace pinhead. I think they did no, that on one of the most recent did. ones. And it was just like, oh, God, like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even if you're you're getting a different or a similar performance sometimes fans too will just be like oh well that's not the right that's not my character or whatever you know and even just fans can have a a bad reaction to that but yeah anyways i I was surprised when i heard that they weren't getting the original guy back initially for this one Mm. 
So Taylor Room was what? the first time you because watched Because he cost too much, or <laughs> like... Yeah, I think that's always... What's the reasoning for not bringing him back, you know what It I mean? always boils down to money, you know? They figure we'll save some money. Why bother have one actor come back when you can just have a different actor play him? Yeah, it seems like they didn't really bring anybody back because none of the characters from the first movie even... I mean, you hear about them, mm. but uh, even then, like, I was confused because... And I didn't end up rewatching all of them, Um or doing a, a a marathon like I wanted to, so I didn't rewatch the first one. But they keep they always talk about like, oh, she was she watched her boyfriend die from her room or whatever like that, and they never actually like go into too much with the original characters, which kind of suck. But uh, first time I watched this, I think as a kid I had probably seen parts of it um, because I remember like certain characters and things like that definitely did not remember the whole towel ass smacking part um because when i watched that uh i was like wow that's quite blatant that's quite in your face <laughs> um so yeah i what it was like last night that i watched these movies so i want to say last night was the first time i watched it all the way through in its full glory okay yeah i've seen i saw this movie when i was young i think probably around like 10 or 11 and it's funny because, like, uh, I didn't pick up on the homoerotic subtext or anything. But I just, I knew something was weird. Like, I, I knew that this movie, there was something going on that wasn't quite right with this movie. And, like, obviously, as I get older, I kind of start to pick up on it. But, yeah, even watching it then, I'm like, this movie's weird. Like, even though as a 11 or whatever year old, you know, kid, you, you don't quite know how to describe it. You're like, just something's off with this movie. So, yeah. I did, um, even if it was just out of morbid curiosity, kind of, I did like the scene where Freddy was running around at the pool party a little bit, just because it's kind of one of those scenarios where you're like, man, I wonder what would happen if Freddy did run around at a pool party with a bunch of teens. Um, and it wasn't quite as satisfying as I would have imagined it to be, but it was still pretty fun. I mean, <laughs> maybe the only part that I kind of enjoyed of this movie, even if it just was because it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that scene doesn't make any sense because no, of the logic zero. of Freddy. But I do agree that the scene is cool. The back of my mind is like, that doesn't make any sense, though. But then also, oh. I'm like, I mean, he just flipped a dude into a barbecue. Like, okay, I'm kind of on oh, yeah. board with this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm getting, I, I know where I'm getting ahead of myself, but early award, the award for, for dumbest decision is de-escalation, dude. Yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. oh, really? Bird guy in a fedora with razor hands. You're going to de-escalate this situation? Yeah. Oh, Listen, bro, we could just talk it out. Nope. <laughs> what? Do you, what's wrong? What do you need? <laughs> what can we do for you? <laughs> you fucking We could take you to the burn ward. Yeah. Like, no. The guy's looking juicy. Yeah. yeah. Well done. <laughs> All right. Um, we got a f couple emails. I was surprised. That was, I mean, the next movie, The Fly Two. We, I was like really scrounging around for emails. There, there was a few for Nightmare Two. So, uh, Jessica says Part Two rules. It's frightening with some solid kills and effects. Also, the characters are all relatable and likable. I know this gets a lot of flack, but I, I, but I enjoy this movie. Well, that's that's good. Good. I'm, I'm glad. Let somebody get something out of this. But yeah. Um. You know what? If you can take this out of the regular lexicon of Nightmare on Elm Street movies and like divorce yourself from the rules of how Freddy is kind of supposed to work, I don't think this is the worst movie ever. There's there's definitely a lot of stuff that you're kind of like, uh, what? But honestly, there's a funness to this movie that I can understand why people enjoy. Like, like kind of like the the pool party scene where Freddy just runs around like a maniac, and you're like, "What the fuck is even going on?" Um, and and the visual effects I think help a lot too. Like Freddy's claws coming through the fingers and stuff. Like all that stuff is really cool, mm -hmm. and I think can help you forget about some of the other stuff that maybe doesn't make as much sense. <laughs> and there is shots of Freddy during the pool party sequence that is fucking iconic it's like like the fire jutting out behind him when yeah he's just kind of silhouetted in it. it's a great shot oh yeah you lights the pool on fire <laughs> yeah. that was cool like it yeah, is it... cool it's just the, the moment that you start to use any brain cells <laughs> to analyze yeah. that scene you're like Ugh. 
but oh yeah, just turn your brain off and enjoy the pretty flames. Yeah, yeah, uh, relatable. I don't. I yeah. I don't know. I don't. I I don't know. I I would. I I need to. I need to pick the brain of that one because I can't. I mean, I definitely I did not go through a fa- through a phase in high school where I thought maybe I'm gay, but secretly a woman saved me in the end. Like, <laughs> no, not relatable. Yeah. Freddie is a conversion artist. Yeah, you know what? These con- conversion therapy places, they really just need to hire Freddy Krueger. He's really the most effective guy that's done. Forget I Russell Crowe. Like, uh, I could probably relate to... I feel like her name was Lisa. Is that the love interest name? Or Yeah. Not, not, the, not the male love interest, the female love interest. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I could maybe most relate to her character just simply because she finds this old diary of this girl who went crazy and just, like, reads it and just delves into it. And I would be right there with her. <laughs> but that's about, like, I, anything else is, like, I'm just not sure I follow the logic. Yeah. Yeah, and and like the whole possession level of everything, I think is really interesting too. Because there's even the scene where he goes into his little sister's room and she's doing the 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 Freddy uh, nursery rhyme, and it's like, okay, is she possessed too? Is this in a dream? That it's the whole divide between real life and the dream sequences is so never explained or not even there at all. That it's like is this whole thing a dream sequence like even getting to the ending and everything is it like is none of this real is all of this in jesse's head yeah scene lisa i think is going to a building and there's two dogs that have human faces that was so fucked up <laughs> I, I i forgot about that part entirely and that yeah whole thing can you imagine they're like okay we're gonna get these two dogs in and hopefully they'll keep these faces on them for a bit because we we're just gonna we're just gonna elastic band them up there and hopefully yeah. we can get this scene and the scene is so throwaway and mm-hmm. like um okay why do they have malformed baby faces i don't i don't know okay yeah. Yeah, like I feel like the idea of blending dream world and real world is a—it's a really cool theme, but it, they just do it so haphazardly and like expect you to just like not think too much about it, you know? Just be like, oh, it's just blending the dream and the real world. But it's like that—that uh, none of this makes sense. <laughs> Zero. Yeah. Okay, Andy's got an email. Uh, Andy says, "I hate the conversation about how about." Uh, this movie is, or I hate the conversation about this movie is how gay it is. As a gay man myself, this movie made me realize they make movies for me. But even if I wasn't, if it wasn't just that, I see this movie played at gay clubs and at my local theater as a queer horror night. And they regularly put on drag burlesque and show this movie. I know this movie makes some uncomfortable, but they should realize it's nice to have a movie that I can see myself in. Mm. But. I think the issue comes down to the fact is the producers didn't want to admit that it was a gay film. And I think that's what adds to the lore and adds to the, almost the comedy of it all is that they didn't, they didn't want to acknowledge that. And I mean, if your audience is a hundred percent acknowledging it and if it's being celebrated in that community, wouldn't you just relent at a certain point? But like, we're going on like, you know, over 35 years of being like, ah, eh, it wasn't what we meant it to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's a, it, I mean, because it's it's a, it is a very much a gay film, but it also is in its own ways like an anti-gay film as well, and just how things are presented, how they try to wipe things clean of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that third act is hugely problematic, especially following the end of the second act where he where he has a scene where he almost like gives in to the love for for i mean the dreamiest guy in his high school mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i mean i don't know part of me thinks like there are so much better like lgbtq queer horror movies out there for sure for that sure. are not garbage uh <laughs> <laughs> and Absolutely. i don't know like 
I, I do see this oftentimes showing up at like queer horror night stuff, and I, I, I do well, think that's cool. I think if anything well, to like give people a taste of what horror movies are about, but it, it really is just that it's a taste, and there's better ones out there. I mean, how like mm-hmm. I would probably say something like a Ginger Snaps or even something mm-hmm. like Jennifer's Body, Raw. Mm-hmm. There are so many better queer horror films out there than. But just, I mean, those ones came in in a in a more modern time. Like you yeah. know, like you got to think of the era of when this film came out, and like. Uh, I, I mean, it was, uh, you know, during uh, a large rise in the gay, in the in the gay community being used in a more mainstream sense, but it still didn't have the courage to embrace that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Ginger Snaps and Jennifer's Bodies, or Jennifer's Body, those are queer women movies, which mm-hmm. I feel like have a lot less stigma around them, yeah. uh, as opposed yeah. to gay men movies you know like gay men especially in this movie like i feel like the character of the coach has a lot of subtext about gay men and predatory behavior that just kind of makes me feel weird when i watch this movie yeah but i like i also recognize that there's a, a level of representation that this movie also presents that is very important and so it's kind of like the line between well i mean i'm not I'm not a gay man, so I don't quite know how a, the, the representation should be or, or how you should feel about something like this, you know? I just, I can understand why it's celebrated, though, because there is a very overt gayness to this movie that I think may, should be embraced, you know? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of love that it is played at, like with Kurt, I love that it's played at Queer Horror Nights because that makes sense to me. There is a lot of subtext in this movie that, yeah. that yeah. fits perfectly with that. Um, but yeah, watching this just, I I mean, I'm just watching this like as a one-off movie too, not part of the series or not part of anything else. And Mm -hmm. there, there were parts of it to me that seemed just slightly off, like just, just off in the sense that the person who was creating these scenes and creating this might not have had super great intentions behind what they were doing. But I think you can totally reclaim that and, and turn it into a positive thing um no matter what the directors or anyone who worked on it really said you know like like art is up to art is up for interpretation as well and and i think uh yeah i i i that's that's where that thought ends i didn't really have anything else to add about it Uh, also too like i i do think there are some horror movies that play better in a theater rather than like at home like as much as I love 2018 Suspiria, that's not probably the queer movie you show at a queer horror night. Like, no. you probably show one that's a little more fun, a little, even if it's bad, like, cheesy, like this movie. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I do wonder that too. Like, there's been times I've gone by the Rio and I'm looking at what they're playing. I'm like, really? Why are they playing that? But in my mind, I'm like, it's probably more entertaining than something I would have chosen, which is probably <laughs> like, you know, more thoughtful, insightful movie or something like that. So I do want to chalk I, that up at least a little bit as to why Nightmare 2 is usually shown at a queer horror night. It probably just plays better with a crowd than yeah. something like Jennifer's Body or Let the Right One In or something like that. I just, I'm just still so skeptical of the naivete of the producers and writers behind this movie. Oh, I just yeah. don't, I don't think it's, I, I, I think it's just, I think they're lying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. To them, maybe to themselves. Yeah. I think they're full of shit. I, I, I think you can't, you can't, especially you can't look at dailies over and over and over again from this one and being like, yep, straight, straight, straight. I, I hate to admit this too. And I, I'm not, I'm just assuming, but I'm guessing they probably have taken the stance because there are a lot of people, even now, but more so in the 80s, that were not accepting of uh, LGBTQ queer uh, community. And I think for those people, like, to come out and say, yeah, this movie embraces queer culture and stuff, you're going to limit your audience. And I can see why they might hesitate to, like, embrace that, because in their minds, if you embrace that, those bigots, those assholes that are not going to go see a movie for that kind of stuff mm-hmm. would totally just destroy the box office of this movie. And this was only the second movie in the franchise. So yeah, I, I don't know if this is like, this is not an excuse by any stretch, but I kind of wonder if that's what played into that. If they were like, 
hey, if we start confirming this, we might get some people who really are going to not like this movie. But I think at this point, mm-hmm. it's so it's almost a more comical. And at this point, why not just confirm it? Like you're not going to hurt well, the box office revenue <laughs> movie well, that's on DVD or Blu-ray now. Like, no. well, and I think this is at the beginning of a time where horror was starting to become more box office lucrative. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm guessing playing the the per- perception of playing into any kind of niche filmmaking or or playing towards a certain audience is probably very terrifying for a movie that you want to have broad appeal and to bring in everybody's dollars and not yeah. alienate anybody but your product doesn't reflect that no <laughs> that's the thing but i'd be curious to sit down with like a bob shea and ask him like that like did you, <laughs> did you like take the stance because you're just trying to protect your box office revenue like that's what it's i don't know that's my theory I could be wrong. I I, I, I swear, I think people need to just at least watch that segment from Never Sleep Again. Mm-hmm. Um, because it is, uh, I, like, I know it was expand. Like, we've already brought up Scream Queen, but like you said, it does get lost in its own deviations. But like, for the more focused look at what these guys were saying at the time, and even at the time of doing the Talking Head interview stuff for for Never Sleep Again. They're still in like a deep chasm of denial. Yeah. Except for uh what's the lead's name? Mark. Um I'm totally spacing on his name right now. Um, he's the only one that is like, Yeah, no, I know exactly what this was. And mm-hmm. uh and, and the film I, I I think he even says that the film was kind of instrumental in him dealing with his own sexuality. Uh, for better or worse, because they definitely did some detriment to it as well. So, yeah, um, because I, I mean, I think there is a there there is a shame of homosexuality that runs as the thread through in this movie as well. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, it's this movie definitely. It's it doesn't tackle it with any sort of understanding no. or nuance. There's no grace towards which, it at all. I think that's why. It, what it makes it so odd that this is embraced as like a queer movie because i guess at the end of the day i'm like it doesn't feel like it has a positive thing to say about this no but i guess there is that kind of idea of the reclamation or something like that or yeah you you identify the people in the movie somewhat so i get that but yeah part of me is like there's 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 better queer horror movies out there maybe we can show those instead well (laughs) well, even the ending completely just dispels anything that happened before it because they mm-hmm. like quote unquote destroy Freddy, but no, they don't. It's like yeah. it's like nah, he's still around, so none of this shit mattered anyway. So mm-hmm. bye. That's Credits. we haven't uh, talked about yet. Do you think they just died at the end? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Bob Shea's like, probably like this is how we this is how we get rid of him. This is how we don't have to bring him back for part three. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> You'll never see Jesse again. Yeah. Poor Jesse. What a what a what a fucked up life. <laughs> yeah. Gets possessed by Freddy, kills his friends, then dies while on a bus. Ugh. We haven't really touched on the mildly hilarious subplot that is uh, his dad keeps thinking that he's on drugs, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah. What are you? What are you on dope, son? Like it's just every time. It's oh yeah. It's comical. How his mom's his mom's like we have to get him real help and he's like we got to get him some methadone <laughs> yeah you gotta send him to the methadone clinic yeah <laughs> what a fucking weird thing to say yeah i mean it's you, it's it's getting not politically correct at all but i just his I, yeah, I know his I erratic love, behavior yeah. and his dream stuff definitely means that he's on smack yeah <laughs> what are you on some that's kind def- of dope son yeah like, that's not, that's, not, that's definitely heroin abuse well, you know, he might have to talk to his son about, like, feelings and stuff otherwise. And that's, no, just, like, even worse than No, he's abuse, an 80s so. dad. He doesn't talk about feelings. Yeah. yeah it's the, exactly. it's the same way that they dealt with, like, ADHD and 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 uh, borderline personality disorder and all that stuff. He even says when he's on the ladder before the methadone line. He just needs a kick in the ass. I'm like, yeah, yeah that that helped everybody. Look at your fucked up generation. That helped everybody. I wanted just a, a scene kick in where the ass. Freddy attacks the dad, and then the dad just attacks Freddy, and he's like, "He's like, I'm not gonna get into some kind of dope or something." Like they they needed a scene with the dad and Freddy, <laughs> and the fact that more he didn't, clue. it would have just more clue. 
it would have just been amazing. Like, yeah. I mean, is... I liked that scene where the the party people was it the girlfriend's dad or something comes out with a shotgun and tries to shoot Freddy. <laughs> I like that. I thought that was great. Yeah, and has like the most wildly erratic shot where he's trying to shoot yeah. Freddy and all the kids are behind Freddy, right? Yeah, that yeah. was also dumb. dumb. <laughs> like, Trey, a lot of dumb terrible shot. You're a terrible shot. Oh, I saw oh. a Freddy shooting him. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I was aiming for the sweater guy. <sighs> I ended up braining some random kid. I, it's my, my fault that he was there. Yeah. All right. Uh, best line in this movie. There's, oh my there's a lot of contenders. If you're going for the real campy stuff. Um, yeah. Or two creepy Freddy lines. I think <laughs> the first line that he has is, uh, Daddy can't help you now while he's in Jesse's yeah. dream. Yeah. And then uh, at the pool party, he opens his wa- arms up wide and he says, You are all my children now. And it was so creepy. Yeah. Uh, I, um, oh boy. Um, there's the line where he wants to get inside me. Oh, yeah. There's that good. There's that line. Um, I went with uh, when the guy was like holding his hands up and he's like walking towards Freddy. He's like, just tell us what you want. All right. Yeah. I'm here to help you. And then he's like, help yourself, <laughs> fucker. Uh, the de-escalation guy. Yeah. He's, he's, he's my favorite because he's a character that's like ahead of his time. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> so ahead of his time because he's trying to de-escalate. He's trying to like, I just, I just don't want to see anybody else get shot, man. Just, yeah, <laughs> he's just, just the fact that he gets thrown into the barbecue. Is he doesn't better. even technically die. I guess he just kind of gets thrown through no. the air, right? Yeah, I don't think there's too many deaths in this. I really was trying to think about it, but there's one. There's the one. Du- there's the one dude that gets killed against the fence that is definitely dead. And then there's um, the coach. Oh yeah, and then there's the coach, and then there's um um. Boyfriend. Oh, the birds, the birds that explode. They, uh, yeah, they birds count. Explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they count. Um, and what is, what is the dream boy's name? I forget what his uh, name is. I think it's. Is, you is mean it, the 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 male love interest? I think his name yeah. was Ron. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> Ron. Oh, you know, you know, you know, hot Ronald. you know the writer when he was writing this he's like what's a man's name that's pretty sexy ron and then he's like wait no (laughs) deny deny he looks across the office at one of his pas and he's like ron's pretty sexy (laughs) (laughs) put it out of my mind i mean no no he's not sexy ron's not sexy (laughs) it's gotta be windy 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 (laughs) (laughs) amazing all right, uh, best performance. I went with Clue. I'm still sticking with that. Oh yeah, uh, Clue's great. Clue's in a totally separate movie. Yeah, <laughs> and honestly, you could put Clue in any movie, and he makes it better. So. I'll say, uh, Robert England for Freddy Krueger because I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily pinpoint um, like a specific standout performance, but I was also just kind of like along for the ride on this one. So I don't know if I was paying super close attention. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and I, I Mark, I'm just gonna keep calling him Mark because I forget his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, he is totally committing to, to, to Jesse. Like he is, yeah. he is playing this role in, in his full sweaty glory. Yeah. I mean, fuck, the guy's sweaty for the entire fucking film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Like, I mean, How even on the bus, not... immediately he's so sweaty. Yeah. And and all of the shirtless scenes in bed where he's sitting up, just drenched. Like, yeah. I think he was there to make, you know, a lot of guys, even myself included, feel really like confident about our sunken chests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was like, oh yeah. There's a relatable body. I, I feel so much better about myself. I'm now looking at Clue's IMDb. I'm surprised he's still acting. Last movie he was in was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's awesome. Wow. Well, and of course, of course, uh, QT would latch onto putting Clue into a movie. Oh, 100. I mean, um, I mean, he's so much fun in Feast, which yes. is directed by his son. Yeah. Um, 
he's he's a lot of fun. But like even at the time of filming of this, because what, what was the year on this movie again? It's like uh, mid eighties, right? Yeah, I think it was like eighty six. I want to say. So that's 85. very close to Return, right? Yeah, I think Return came out. Yeah, eighty five as well. So same year. What a year! <laughs> what a year! For, for what Clue. a year for Clue! <laughs> right? Like what a. What a guy! What a team player! He can honestly, all the he comes in and just does his. Well, he just comes in and does his thing. Yeah. And I, 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 I would only assume that he would need minimal direction. Yeah. Um, like you just let he's he's one of those guys that just chews the scenery around him and just kind of knows what's going to bring it, whether it makes it Gonzo or what it, whether it makes it like just kind of like this home style center. That yeah. well, that he does in Return of the Living Dead because he's just such a great part of that movie. Return of the Living Dead is just all time classic for me. I oh, rewatched it recently. Or Tom yeah. Matthews, <laughs> <laughs> the the Tom Matthews torture hours. Oh, if we were gonna talk about Black Sheep uh, sequels, we could have done the Return of the Living Dead Part Two, which oh, the director well, he has clearly a new character. Yeah, and the director <laughs> clearly had did not give a fuck about anything about that movie. No. No. <laughs> uh, maybe one day we'll talk about that movie, but I would need to muster a lot of strength to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah. Um, not like the third I'm... one, which gets really weird, but actually it's kind of enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining an alternate uh, universe version of uh, this movie where instead of it ending the, the way that it did, it's like they ended on like a father-son bonding uh, uh thing where like his dad comes out and like kills freddy krueger instead of lisa <laughs> and then they they bond and his his father finally accepts him and it's all nice i like that ending instead of oh, that one. made me actually feel better about everything <laughs> just the hypothetical yeah <laughs> wouldn't yeah. that be so heartwarming it mm-hmm. would be it would be oh well we got this instead <laughs> yeah uh best kill uh, I guess the coach. Yeah. There's not much else. I mean, I liked the Ron. Ron's death was the most visceral. I feel like because he saw yeah. like the the claws go through the door and the blood and everything. Mm. Um, I do still want to talk about those birds though because I just think it's so funny. I'm pretty sure that scene is set up that the birds have Freddy nightmares and then they go crazy because <laughs> they put the cover on the birdcage, implying that the birds are asleep. Yeah. And, uh, which means their dream Freddy is in their dreams. Is that how this is working? Like, I just think that whole concept is so ridiculous that he would go into the dreams of birds to try and I don't know you can't kill people with birds what are they gonna do just peck them a little bit that's exactly what happens okay yeah it's insane the part of the ridiculous of the ridiculousness of that is why that was probably even though it wasn't really a kill because like the birds just I don't know exploded spontaneously combusted I don't know (laughs) Uh, it was just so great it's like one of like 18 different fucking insane chances that they take in this it's like (laughs) every five minutes they're taking some new chance in this movie and it's like doesn't what inspired that and it doesn't even feel like like a lot of movies these days feel like a bunch of like producers in a room screaming at each other trying to get something right this one doesn't even feel like that it feels like well that's the way that this was written i guess (laughs) yeah and they just got they got script when you know they brought the script to the day of shooting and they're like we're not changing anything just shoot it yep the part about the birds exploding that always gets me is when clues like why'd you put some kind of fireworks in them (laughs) yeah (laughs) as if that makes any logical sense like just immediately finding some reason to blame his son. Yeah, there, he is. He is so pent up in blaming his son for all of the problems that their new house has, that he's willing to just brush aside fucking anything. Yeah, like the logic and like, yeah, you clearly put a, a a firework inside this bird to make it explode. Like obviously, uh... like when when did he have that opportunity? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the bird exploding in and of itself is pretty weird but then his response of like 
I'm going to pin it on my son is even more comical because it's like, it makes zero sense. And I'm, yeah. I'm surprised nobody was like, fucking how, dude? Like, how the fuck is this going to happen? <laughs> you explain it to me. It was probably my son that's on heroin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, dumbest decision in this movie. I mean, I think we know. I think Steve's mentioned it. Or you guys have mentioned it a couple times now. <laughs> the 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 kid who tries to actually reason with a monster. De escalation guy. Yeah. That is pretty dumb, yeah. See, I was thinking going to the gay bar. That seemed a little dumb. But Yeah, I'm convinced that was a dr- that wasn't a dream. Because that whole that whole line of let's go to let's wander out into the rain to a random bar. Oh, my teacher just happens to be here. Sure, I'll totally go back to school with him to run laps right now instead of just going home. Like, I, uh, why? why? Yeah. Why? The bartender. He, he just he, he oh, gave Bob the kid Shea. a drink for no... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gives a, Like, yeah, this kid's soaking wet, no shoes, in his pajamas. Definitely looks like he's a teenager, but uh, here you go. Here's an alcoholic drink there, buddy. Yeah. It's like you it's a dream here in the because rain, I figured something would. Yeah, I don't know. Oh well. <laughs> I think there's a lot about this movie that makes no sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, I do think the de-escalation was pretty dumb. I, I, I can agree with that for sure. Okay, I think it's time to put this movie out of its misery. What do you think of our score, Steve? I'm gonna go with a four out of ten. Okay. It's just, uh, it's just, it's got so many problems. I mean, as funny as it is, um, I didn't like I, especially watching it by myself. Mm. If I'm watching it with other people, it's probably it probably be improved a little bit, but it's not a good movie. No. It's just it's a fucking mess, um, and it almost like an irredeemable mess, and it's. While being a gay film, it's anti-gay message that kind of runs through it, it as, as unintentionally, I guess, as the gay message is kind of unforgivable, really. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just say if you're looking at queer horror movies, this the, the, this is not as good as it gets. It was better. No, no. What about you, Taylor? What do you think for a score? No, this one's hard for me to rate. Um... I also rewatched it slightly inebriated, which is probably why I also <laughs> had so much had so much fun with it. I think too. Um, I'm probably going to give it a five uh, because I still i I think if I had watched it, as, especially in a marathon with the other nightmare movies, it probably would have stood out more as a, a huge break in the I guess the lore of Freddy. Um, so if I rewatch everything in the future, I might lower my score depending on that because it, it does kind of suck that they, they broke all of the rules. Like it doesn't make sense for Freddy to be possessing someone to do his killing. Um, it doesn't make sense for him to be at a pool party, you know, (laughs) as much as I enjoyed watching that scene just because of how dumb it was. Um, I don't know. And, and I think I, I, I do enjoy that people are, um, seeing seeing a, a good subtext in it as opposed to yeah sometimes i feel a little icky with some of the characters in this movie like it it just seems like the intentions that they were these characters were written with and made with were not always the best and it's hard for me to divorce that a little bit from it mm. but i 100% understand uh why people might celebrate a movie that um they, especially when you identify with the main character uh coming out or hiding that part or having certain feelings that are not always uh, overt and explainable. You know, I, I, I understand that. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's hard for me to rate it because it uh, on on the base, it's just not a great movie, even though I had fun with it. But yeah, I think five is where I'm sticking for now. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a six. I do think there's some cool effects and there are some parts of this that I'm like, okay, that's kind of genius. But yeah, anytime I apply any kind of brain power to this movie, it's like it instantly just devolves. I'm like, why? Why did why did they do this? Um, but yeah, it, it's not nearly as good as the first film, and not definitely not as good as the third film. Which I think the third film might be my favorite in the entire franchise, just because it's just so wild and fun and cool. But 
Yeah. So. Yeah, I, maybe, I might actually go with the six as well. I might. I'm going to change my mind. Okay. <laughs> I talked you into it. I really sold you on that six. Honestly, if you're going to watch this movie, it's best to do it with a drink because you're going to have fun with it at least oh, at I minimum. S- I smoked a massive bowl between b- before both what rewatching both movies. And, uh, yeah, it was actually funny because I was taking some notes and I realized my notes didn't make any sense after I was like, (laughs) I think on the fly too, I made one note that like in rereading and I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Oh, I made lots of notes (laughs) for the fly too. So I'm ready for that one. Cool. Uh, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah. You can find me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, my website is stevestebbing.ca, and I'm on uh, I'm on the shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific, and uh, I've just been added as a contributor to the Jazz Joe Hall show, which uh, starts as a recording. This it starts tomorrow, but I'm going to be on Friday as a little segment of uh, what you can watch over the weekend. Nice, nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? I'm kind of swapping over things from my old username, which was Circeanic, to u- new username, which is Techronomicon. So you can kind of search me on either of those uh, with either of those handles, and I'll probably show up somewhere. Um, I also have a blog, which is Circeanic.home.blog. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff online right now, but you know, some point before the end of 2021. Hopefully, I'll have something else just to, to show. <laughs> nice. We should still be starting a podcast because this Evil Dead and the Technonomicon just sounds right. I completely agree with that. I just have no idea what else I want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I'm over at threeingreners.com. I also occasionally write for that hashtag show, that hashtag show.com. So go check that out. I have a review up of The Green Knight. I have some horror movie articles that I'm writing for them. So that'll be pretty cool to check out when they're up. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm also on Letterboxd, Fatal Koala, um, Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. You can catch such great reviews of such mediocre films such as Reminiscence, The Night House, The Protégé, Till Death. I think there's a, there was a, at least another one there. Oh, Demonic. Demonic is one of the dumbest movies I've se- I've ever seen. I couldn't believe how dumb that movie was. But it's like he didn't give a shit. Yeah, but lest we forget, there's a group of Vatican mercenaries in that movie, and it's yep. the dumbest thing, but it's also the coolest thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, yeah. Well, until next time, we're gonna talk about the fly too. Bye for now.